Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99 This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 23rd, 2021. And of course, we are moving through the summer pretty fast. I mean, here we are, what, July 23rd? Wow. Just amazing how fast time goes by. Uh, okay, now, this show is all about you. We will talk about market volatility this week because we had lots of it. Uh, and But the market did pretty well. I mean, I had a number of calls about people freaking out how bad the first 900-point down day was. But look how quickly it made it all back. You can't worry about day-to-day things, everybody. That's not what's important. That's not. Because day-to-day, the market could be crazy. Don't, don't react to day-to-day. Don't. It, it will not help you make money. Now, our program today and podcast, we operate on one on our one mission statement, independent thinking and, set, and shared success. So that we, we say that because we want to make sure you know that we're going to provide as much information, as accurate information, and complete information as we can. And we do that because I want to know the information. I mean, I... This is information I use every day. We, Justin and I use this information. We buy data, and it costs a lot of money, trust me, and we'll share it with you. We don't mind sharing the data, So, but you got to call and ask. You drive the show where you want it to go. You know, we're, you know, we're about trying to get everybody smarter in how the market works. It's not a big mystery. It's just so different than what you're probably used to. I mean, everybody else has a life, right? Stock market's not your life. Stock market's my life and Justin's life, but it's not your life. So we want you to understand how it works. And it's odd. And it's sometimes it makes little sense. But long term, everything boils down to earnings or the expectation of earnings. The company making money. Everything boils down to that. Even those companies people call about and say, and I tell them, this company doesn't make money. Why are you interested? It doesn't make money. But it's going up. It might go up in price or down in price because there's a lot of people expecting it to make money. It's all about earnings. Everything. I'm Steve Peasley. I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. And when you do, you get to shape and drive the show in the direction you want. Up to you. In fact, you can call me right now. Where lines are open, the program is live four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. The number is always the same, never changes, and it's it's that that number is available twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. It's just live right now. Eight 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 ninety nine chart is the number. So let's go right to our first listen line question. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Lee from Tennessee. My wife and I were uh, contemplating buying a house in the next year or so. So my question is, we have three. IRAs between us, 
two Roths and one traditional, as well as our 401ks from our jobs. But I'm wondering, is it worth trying to get 20% down on our house by draining our contributions from our Roth accounts so we avoid the PMI penalty? Or are we better off leaving the money in the market and paying the PMI penalty over the next, you know, if we own the house for five years, say. I'm just wondering if you have any insight on that. I hope that makes sense. It was a little little question that I just I'm trying to figure out before we uh dive into the real estate market. So I appreciate any uh insight you might have. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Okay, that's a really good question for a lot of you people who may not know what PMI is. Well when you buy a house and if you don't put twenty percent down the bank will require, the bank lending you the money, will require that you buy insurance, mortgage insurance, because they don't want to take the risk of you defaulting and not have enough equity in the house so they can get their money back. So you'll be required to carry insurance. And insurance can be, can, can be expensive. So my first, uh, my first suggestion is, well, first, let's just do the math. How much does a PMI insurance cost per month? Because it'll be attached to your mortgage. How much is that? Is it $500 a month? Is it $200? Is it $800? How much is it? Okay. Now, if you take money out of your IRA to put down on your house, there's a way to do that where there's no penalty. So there's the uh, the other area that you need to explore. Can't, how do I do that? You've got to go to someone who knows, an accountant. How do I take the money out of my 401k, my IRA, to put down on a house and not get penalized for it? So that would be one thing I would do, and you can do it. I know it's legal, and that's probably a good way to do it because I think you're going to find that PMI insurance is going to be quite expensive. It's expensive. So you don't want to pay it. If the PMI is really, really cheap, then maybe you don't want to borrow the money from your 401k, your IRA, because you want it to continue to grow. So it's that kind of thing. I mean, you should figure that your growth rate of your 401, your IRA, probably on a conservative base is about 5%. So what is it better? Is it better to pay the PMI insurance? or to earn my 5% or more in my IRA. So it's, it's really a math problem once you find out the rest of the information you need. Good question, though, and good thinking. Good thinking out there. Okay, 888-99-CHARTER is our number, 888-992-4278. So what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Um, well, I, want to, I want to talk about the supply chain that's been messed up. Okay, and that's going to be a a main issue I'm going to discuss today on the show. Um, Also, I want to talk about the jobless claims and existing homes uh, sales report and the LEI out this week. Just briefly touch on those statistics. Friday, I'd like to touch on various statistics, and those are three that I want to hit. Home Depot. I saw an article I thought I'd share with you. They're stopping shaft lifters of their power tools. And I think it's interesting how they're doing it. Completely stopping it. And finally, have you tried have you tried buying a couch or a table recently? 
the supply chain is really messed up. So I'm, a, I'm a, again, that, that's part of my main talking point, but I, there's other issues I want to talk about along with that supply chain issue. So those things we're going to talk about today, but of course, you drive the show. Where do you want it to go? Okay, 888-99-CHART. My trivia question today, uh, my focus, uh, my trivia question today is an unexpected financial emergencies for people without a solid emergency fund. We're going to talk about it. You might have money set aside, but do your adult children? Ask them to listen to this podcast. So my trivia question coming up in the halfway market, mark of the show. Since it is Friday, I will share highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter as well. And, of course, all these other topics if we have the time. So how did the market do today? Well, it was up. Dow was up 238 points. It was over 35,000 points now. Kind of a little milestone there. The NASDAQ was up 152, and the S&P was up 44 points. My wife asked me when I came home, so why was the market up today? And my answer was, because it felt like it. See, you can't. I, mean, I told her, well, earnings are coming out. Earnings have been pretty solid, and people are feeling pretty good about that. The economy looks like it's going to be fairly strong. But there's going to be more volatility, just like we had last Monday, right? There'll be down volatility. Remember, that was a, a, a spat of fear over increasing COVID cases. Fear almost disappeared the very next day. And it certainly disappeared the rest of the week. No one worried about that the rest of the week. So, you know, markets do what markets do. That's, you know, watching every day just doesn't help you. It really doesn't. As a matter of fact, it, it gets your emotions in the way of you making money. So you've got to be careful, really. We're heading to a quick break. Want to call me? Ask questions. We're live, 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi, Steve, Justin, Dave from uh, Ohio. Hey, I got a question about a stock, Mid-America Apartment Communities, MAA, bought it at around 110. That's been going up and up. I was wondering if I should keep it long-term or take some of the profits. It's your thoughts, and I'll be uh, listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, this is really the proper way to look at whether you should take profits or not. The stock is still rising. It's in an upward trend. And, you know, there's, it looks like it broke out. And now the question is, well, it, what's the first thing in my mind when I see that happen to one of my stocks is, well, what's the valuation? Am, am I way overvalued, undervalued? What's my valuation? Okay, so they're going to make $6.37 next year. And it's a $187 stock. Okay, so therefore, it's a pretty high P.E., right? Uh, probably, what, 30-ish? And the five-year range is 14 to 32. So it's really at the top of its range. So that tends to want me to believe maybe I should take some profits off of this company. Not necessarily sell out the cold position, but see if it has, because it may still have 
potential. And I don't want to I don't want to get out of it completely if it keeps going up. I will be so mad. So what is this company? It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that acquires, owns, operates 300 apartment communities with 100,490 units in the southeast regions. Okay, it pays a 2.2% dividend, so it's not that high for a REIT. That's pretty low, actually, for a REIT, 2.2%. Why is it so low? Because the stock price is $187. It's really high compared to earnings. Right, it's at the top of its range. Return on equity is not very good at four um, percent. So, and the growth rate of sales is only two percent. So, my after I just read that basic fundamentals in my mind, I say, yeah, it might be a good idea to take some profits here. So, I would take some profits. I don't necessarily think I would get out, but I might take profits on this. You can also draw a trend line. And keep following the stock up. As long as it's in the upward trend, you buy it. You keep, you hold it. And if it breaks below that trend, that's when you take your profits. You can be you can do it that way. Problem with that, what if it breaks the trend line in one day and collapses? That could happen. You don't know. I don't know. Not likely, but that's possible. So I, I, my, my answer is, yeah, take some profits. I'm fairly new investor. Okay, oh, these are... Well, when people take the time to give us a rating, and we really do appreciate that, everybody, a podcast review on iTunes, we really do. We want to thank those people who do that. So if you have a question, when you do that and you have a question, submit the question, and we'll get to it right away. So Matt called. Uh, Matt did a rating for us, and he left a question. I am a fairly new investor, only a couple months out of college. Uh, he wants me to take a look at Shopify. And he just got some information about it. So I'm going to take a look at Shopify. The symbol is S-H-O-P. Okay. Uh, Shopify. It's a, a $1,643 stock. Only going to make $4.79. Way, 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 way expensive. Right? PE of 276 But the growth rate of sales... Is rising up 110 percent the most recent quarter. Before that was 84, 94. Before that, 96. Lots and lots of growth. So the same thing. I, I wouldn't buy it too expensive, but if you own it, put a trend line. If it breaks down the trend line, take some profits. Kind of what I would do. But it's really expensive. You got to remember that. 888-99 chart. 888-992-4278. We've got to take a break. I have a lot to get to today. 888-99-CHART. As we move through summer, you'll want and need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, so the focus point today um, is, is, is about supply chain blind spots, where they occur, how to deal with them. Now, this, <coughs> excuse me, this article is kind of taking uh, the position of companies, how they deal with them, not you and me. Um, but it is enlightening for you as an investor, okay, to figure out how they do it. Now, some of the problems they have, they can they can kind of identify, and that's probably the number one thing. They first got to have some visibility to identify 
what their problems might be. You know, first of all, they got to understand what the customers want. Okay, from that, then they got to go to, well, what, can, what suppliers do they have and can they pro- supply us without interruption the things we need to make the things we for, do for our customer? Then, potential marketplace disruptions. What happens? For instance, over the years, we know that the that the many companies have adopted this just-in-time inventory. In other words, they don't carry much inventory of supplies and parts. They they carry enough to make the products that make that meets the demand for the time being. And okay, that really works when everything is smooth. Works really good, and your costs go down because you're not storing extra supplies. Blah 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 blah. But what we're finding out is, is when concentration of manufacturing, such as in China and certain places in China, has really, you know, the concentration has really hurt uh, supply chain because, yes, it makes it more efficient and cheaper to make those things, but it also let make. Uh, it also allows for the companies that actually sell the products, that want the products, less agile. They can't go to another manufacturer in a different part of the world because everything's concentrated in one part. And for instance, uh, think about tariffs in China. Think about the political risk with China. Think about all the issues we're having with them. And they make a ton of stuff. And it's very simple. Go back to COVID. We couldn't get masks. We couldn't get certain things because everything came out of China. We didn't make them. Came out of China. We couldn't get them. Remember that at the beginning? So that's what happens when you concentrate your manufacturing source. It makes you be less agile as a company who sells goods and services to the public. So really, you got to think about that when you buy a stock. Are these companies, think about right now chip, uh, computer chip shortages. GM reported they're going to lose how many hundreds of millions of dollars in sales that they can't get chips to finish their vehicles or trucks so they can send them to the customers. That's the problem. Okay. On Friday, I generally take time to fit in some uh, quick rundown on some of the benchmark numbers. The two-year Treasury yield at 0.19%. It was at 0.23% last week. A 10-year trade, 10 years, you buy a 10-year treasury bill, they're going to pay you 1.3% a year. That is way, way below inflation. Who wants to buy that? Why would you buy that? It, it, I mean, it's, it's obviously super safe, but you're losing money every year you own it. Gold was priced at $1,797 an ounce. Last week it was eighteen thirteen. So it went down, what, $14, $16? Silver today, $25.07. Last week, $25.65. 50-something cents. Oil was selling at 71.74 per barrel. Last week, it was 71.94. Very steady so far. The national average of a gallon of gasoline, $3.15. Last week, it was $3.16. In California, the average, uh, you know, it's way, way different. $4.32. Last week, it was $4.31. So, national average went down penny. Not in California, went up a penny. 
Okay, so it's it's tough. It's tough if you live in California and you're filling up your car. Makes it difficult. This is Invest Talk. Let's squeeze in another call or question. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Will from Denver, Colorado. I'm calling about a stock that I own. It's called Amark Technologies, A-M-R-K. They are a precious metals company, and I wanted to get your thoughts on their outlook going forward. Um, they have a pretty low P.E. ratio at, like, 3.0, and they have pretty good earnings over the last few quarters. Uh, just want to get your thoughts. Thanks. Okay, this is Amark Precious Metals out of El Segundo, California. Full-service precious metals trading company offering gold, silver, platinum, and palladium for storage and delivery. So it's not a miner. It just trades the metal. Okay? They made, they're going to make $15.14 this year. Okay? And you would say, well, the stock price is $47. That's really cheap. Not really. Because they're going to make $5.29 next year. So it's kind of expensive. Sales are doing very well. But I think it's already had a really good run. I'd, I'd probably look elsewhere. Okay? Now, if you're listening to Invest Talk, the changes are, you know, are, are you have strong interest in investing. The chances are you do. And you probably have a portfolio to manage. But you might also have friends or even adult children who haven't built much personal wealth yet. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. In a recent survey, the Federal Reserve found that approximately 46% of adults in America could pay, could could not pay a $400 emergency expense or would have to borrow to do so. So can you name the seven types of emergencies that can quickly create extreme financial hardship? Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI 
promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's our number. Now, I had a trivia question for you before the break. And, you know, this is pretty well known. The Federal Reserve did a study, and about 50% of adults don't have enough money to pay a $400 emergency bill. Okay, so what are the emergency bills? What can you do? It, you know, it's, it's common sense, really. The number one emergency bill you probably have is a medical emergency. Okay, you might have coverage, you might not. But, you know, most people have deductibles, 2500 bucks. You know, some people have more. Job loss, someone you get fired or they cut, the, they cut down or they just, you know, whatever. That's the second one. Disability, I have a relative that, you know, many of my relatives, a handful of them anyways, are real estate appraisers. You know, they're self-employed. They break an arm or a leg or something, and they can't. they're in trouble. They can't be disabled. That's they got to work every day. And of course, a death of a spouse that could be very traumatic. Home repairs, car repairs. Now, how you solve this? Well, in the case of a health medical emergency, you can open up a HSA. Okay, health uh, health savings account. Okay, so that would be easy to do, and you could do it. But you should have three to six months of your salary saved for emergencies. Put aside. Not in the marketplace, not risking it. Set aside for emergencies. There are emergencies. You don't know when they will happen. You can't prepare for, prepare for them. But you, you don't know what it's going to be. You can prepare for the cost up front. Not a hard thing to do. Start putting money aside for emergencies. Call it your emergency fund. Anyways. So it can be done. 
I've done it over my life, always had some money set aside for that very issue. Now, I'll share highlights from today's news, uh, KPP new premium newsletter in a few minutes. But first, let's grab another caller question, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Duncan from New York. Quick question, actually a little bit about benefits. I think you guys talked a little bit about HSA accounts. My company is offering an FSA, also an HSA as well. Could you just quickly kind of tell me which is better or the differences of it? I really appreciate it. Looking for the answer on the show. Have a great day. Bye. Uh, no, I can't tell you the difference. I don't know the difference between an F, a, a, a HSA and FAHA. I, I can't tell you because I don't know. I know what a health savings account is, and I know you can put money in there that's tax-deferred, and it can grow tax-free, okay? But you got to use that money to pay for medical bills. But I can't tell you the difference between the two, and you'd have to read the difference. You'd have to get the specifics for each one, and that's what I suggest that you do. If you want to send them to me, I'll, you know, attach an email, I'll read through them. I'd be happy to do that. The KBP Premium Newsletter went out this morning, as it always does, you know, before noon usually. Uh, and I started off with the first section, the market conditions section. I started off with it's a wild ride for the week. A Monday, the Dow fell 900 points, and they recovered almost all of that in the next two days. And it did cover all of it this week. Uh, and so um, for those investors who may be starting to panic, at that drop, there's a lesson here. Do not react to what the market does on a day-to-day basis. Instead, react to those things that matter concerning the public companies you own, like earnings, like sales, like profit margins. Like, you know, there's a million of different fundamentals that you watch. That's what matters. I also said we were seeing a few signs of the housing slowing. First, sales are down from their peak. Second, buyers are not as optimistic as they were before. And third, applications for new mortgages are down 24% from a year ago in June, for the month of June. So those are the initial signs of a slowdown. But they are enough for us. They're just a few. We don't have a lot. But they're enough to show us that maybe the housing market is faltering and has already peaked. A bear market, a bear market, this is all in the first section. A bear market will eventually present itself. It's going to happen. They always happen. How often is it? They're not often, but a bear market will present itself. How do you, how do you, what do you look for? How do you know? I'm suggesting that you watch the Fed. The Fed stands on the money that they have been just throwing out the window free. When they start to tighten the money supply, how are they going to do that? Well, the first thing they'll probably do is cut down on their bond buying. Watch for that. That's going to be the first sign. They may react to inflation. They say they're not, but I think they're going to let inflation go for a while. What are we at, about 5% annually now? Five. It was two a year ago. So, anyway. Portfolio management section. Remember, there's four sections to the newsletter. The first one is, as I point out, market conditions. The second one is, in the financial history, industry, why is inflation such an important factor? What should you know about it? 
That's in the portfolio management section. Inflation is measured as an annual percentage rate. I just told you what it was, right? Consumer price index. Okay, you have the producer price index and the consumer price index. Prices at consumer level, you and me. Prices at the producer level, those companies that make things. Get inflation, they pass it along to you. So I talked about that. Um, um, stock ideas. Uh, one of the companies develops and licenses while I always give you two a week, two ideas to put on your watch list. These are not companies you're to buy. These are companies you're to do research on. Put them on your watch list. Person develops and licenses wireless technology, designs ships for smartphones. Probably can figure that out. Big company. Okay. So they have patents. I mentioned those patents. We also highlighted a leading provider of computer printers and printer supplies. Okay, the company for that particular company trades at an 8 PE ratio. So there's, you know, the consumer watch. I talked about making extra money in retirement, you know, kind of a different things you could do that you may not realize are possible and that you could make money if you're tight in your retirement finances. So uh, I suggest I had a few suggestions there. There's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter. Remember, it's every week. It comes out every week. I write it every week. So it's easy for you to subscribe. Directly, you can do it directly to investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive the full report every week in your email box. Okay? Every week. Friday. Okay. Um, jobless claims were at 419,000 this week. It went up. They expected it to be 348,000. It was 368,000 a week before. Jobless claims are a weekly, weekly indicator. You would think it would be going down. Now, as I looked at why a lot of auto companies uh, shut down for a week or two, first of all, they're not getting all the supplies they need, and usually they do shut down in the summertime to to do, uh, I don't know, maintenance on their stuff, on their manufacturing system. So that was the blame, allegedly. Existing home sales, 5.86 million. Uh, it was supposed to be 5.93. It was 5.78, so it went up month over month. Remember, that was going down two, three months in a row. So it went up. It went, But going down two, three months in a row was because of a lack of supply, not of a lack of demand. Interest rates, mortgage rates have gone down below 3%. Leading economic indicators up seven, seven-tenths of 1%. They expected it to be up nine-tenths of 1%. And the month before, it was up one2 So it slowed down. Slowed down. Okay, let's go to uh, Bajan in Chino Hills. Yes, Bajan, go ahead. Are you there? Hello? Yes, go ahead, John. Bajan. Oh, hi. Uh, yeah, I had a question about um, Playboy. I think it's ticker symbol P-L-B-Y. Um, I know it kind of rallied up this year up to 60, and it's had... Uh, quite a bit of a pullback down to the $30 range. I was wondering, um, do you think it's a good time to buy now? Because you guys had said that it has, you know, good prospects for going forward. Yeah, it does. It, this is a this is a growth company at this point. 
The sales grew 34% last quarter, 118% the quarter before that, 83% before that, 83% that, 68% before that. So it's a growth company at this point. So you have to look at it that way. It's a $28.24 stock now. We own this in one or two of our managed accounts. So we we have some faith in it. Uh, it's the world's number one brand, by the way. I don't know if you know that. The brand name is very popular. And they're getting into a lot of different other things than the traditional, you know, magazine that they had. Uh, and we kind of like that fact because sales are really popping. So earnings are were going to be $0.60 cents a share next year when it was $0.06 cents a share this year, 2021. Uh, so I, we like what we see. Uh, so we're, I, you know, I would wait to be a buyer until it stops falling. It hasn't stopped falling yet. It might, looks like it might start to hesitate, but I would give it another week or so to make sure that at the very least it starts to turn sideways on you. You'd rather see it pop up a little bit, but I would wait. Okay? Playboy symbol PLBY. Let's go to Gene, North Carolina. Emergency money expenses he wants to talk about. Hi, Gene. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Steve. You're yeah, welcome. I I can probably quickly explain the difference between a, a flexible spending account and a, and a health savings account. If okay. It's okay. Sure. Please. Yeah, the key is is, is actually in, in the actual words. The, the flexible spending account, it doesn't deal with saving. It's just a way to spend tax, in a sense, tax uh, federally tax-free money that you set aside. You set aside, let's say, several thousand dollars in the beginning of the year that you, that you more or less state that it will be taken from your paycheck automatically into a special account, which I you see. can spend for medical expense. It's flexible spending account, so it's for medical um, items or for dependent child care or from, for some other uh, reasons. Okay. You, so so you those reasons have essentially to, federally tax-free. Those are reasons have the to... health savings account you set aside and that is put into an account where you can actually save money and it rolls over every year. The flexible spending account doesn't roll over. It's only good for that entire year. You either spend it or you lose it. Uh, usually there's a grace period of 30, of 90 days after the end of the year, but you have to spend it. Any money that's not spent, you lose. You mean lose completely? You get nothing? You don't, it's gone? Yeah. So if, wow. you, if you So you have to project how much you're going to spend, let's say for all your dental care and your out-of-pocket uh-huh. medical and all your out-of-pocket child care. You have to kind of guess at the beginning of the year how much you can spend for the entire year, and then that, that is more or less taken out of your paycheck every however often you have your paycheck it's taken out you know um uniformly throughout the throughout the entire year and you spend it down and by the end of the year probably by march of the next year there's a grace period about about 30 uh, about 90 days you have to spend it do you do you do the comp does do you get to open up that account or is it with the company you work for is that account go that money go in an account it's it's, it's usually a third party that's chosen by the company okay okay yeah and essentially they they give you a debit card and you just spend it and it just Uh you you can see it you can more or less just track the the expenses and how it goes down uh, as so so the big drawback the big drawback is that if you don't, you got to be really careful and not put too much money in there because you got to spend it all, or else it disappears. Exactly. That's okay. why now, years in the past, you had to, you had to spend all of it by December thirty first. Now there's usually a, again about a, a thirty a, 
uh, 90-day grace period up to the end of March of next year. You have to spend it. Uh, very good. Thank you for the information. I really appreciate that. Really. No problem. Uh, Bye. Thank you. So there's some inf good information. Of course, we've got to verify it, but I don't disbelieve him at all. I think that he's probably exactly right on. See, listeners, you know, I love our listeners. They, they Sometimes they have all the information I don't have. I, it's great. I appreciate that call, Gene. That was really good. Oh, well, summer is definitely here. Uh, it's kind of a little bit humid here in Southern California. Now, I, I'll, I'll remind you, humid to us is maybe 30%, 35%. Yeah, maybe. If we got up to 50%, oh, we're miserable. So those people that know what humidity really is, 80, 90, 100%, yeah, you know, it's relative, right? It's relative. But uh, summer is here even in the Southern California area. Uh, California is the mid-80s, 86 in L.A. Uh, Reno, Nevada, today hit 97. So we've got that. One of the reasons I love living in Southern California is because the weather. Okay, that is a major reason why I live in Southern California. I certainly don't do it for the uh, taxes <laughs> and the expense. So, anyways, we got we have we're in the, we we got it. Oh, I better move on along, huh? So I, I usually take a minute or two to tell tell you about our company. Then maybe we won't be able to do it today, but. You know, if you want to take a look at your portfolio, we really would like to do that for you. We'll help you as much as we can. And remember, we parallel, we practice parallel investing. I mean, I buy the same things for me as I do for my clients. Same price, same percentage. So go to our website. We'll be happy to help you. 888-99-CHART. We'll be right back. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi there, my name is Matt. I'm from St. Clemente, California. I just have a question regarding my diversification in my portfolio. I keep getting uh, different hints and nudges to from professors toward different ETFs that I can invest in. And I'm just curious, how do I know if I'm overly concentrated? Like, are the different ETFs that I'm investing in highly correlated? And how do I know this? Thank you. There's so many ETFs, you do not have to be highly correlated. But if you're buying, uh, let's say you're buying a, a, an ETF, which is SPY, the S&P 500. So you know you're getting all 500 top biggest 500 companies in the market. And then let's say you have an ETF that specializes in big uh, dividend-paying stocks. And then you have an ETF invested in big growth stocks or small growth stocks. You're going to have overlap with the S&P 500. But if you just you didn't have that S&P 500 and you had a large cap, value fund ETF and a small cap growth ETF, there would be no overlap. You have to understand what you're buying. That's what it means. But there's so many ETFs targeting different slices of the market. You can almost concentrate or not concentrate any way you want to. So you can get great diversification in the ETF area. Or you can make your life simple. You can buy three ETFs. You can buy the S&P 500 ETF, 
You could buy the NASDAQ 100 ETF and then the Dow 30 ETF. Yeah, you'll have overlap. You will. But you'll have one concentrated in the overall market, one concentrated on the very largest companies, and one concentrated on the large tech companies. Even though the S&P 500 will probably have most of the large tech companies in it too. So it depends on how you want to mix, mix and match. Or no, you could just buy the S&P 500 and that's it. You could be that simple. Let's go to Edgar in San Diego. Edgar. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I am doing great. I appreciate the call. Oh, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was wondering what you think about energy going forward, specifically about Spike Energy, S-P-K-E. Okay, Spark Energy Company provides uh, natural gas, electricity, utility services to 100 service territories across 19 states with four, well, okay, 400,000 clients uh, out of Houston, Texas. They make money. They're probably they're com- they're probably continue to make money. It's only char- It's only selling for eleven dollars fifty eight cents a share. Um, growth. So they've been shrinking their sales the last oh two years. And I'm not sure why that's the case. That would be my biggest concern. They pay a very high dividend, 6.3%. So, uh, and it's a pretty low price stock. Okay, they're going to make $1.50 as $11.58 stock. The reason why, because utilities usually are not, don't, do not get high PE ratios. I mean, that's just, they usually get no low PE ratios, and this is a low PE ratio each, uh, utility. They have pretty decent, pretty, Pretty good amount of debt, so that's a little worrisome. So you can see why it's trading pretty low. It's got issues. Sales, no, sales are shrinking and a lot of debt. But utilities generally are pretty safe. So don't don't just think that that six point three percent dividend is you know, gold. It's not. It could be changed. I would look at their dividend history, see how steady they've been, and find out why they're selling so poorly. That's what I would do. That is Spike, Spark Energy, S-P-K-E, it's a simple. Okay, that kind of wraps up for the day, right? So that's, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program, everybody. Get your Invest Talk downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. And be sure to renew and rate us. We really would love that. You can rate, rate us on iTunes. Each positive rating helps our profile. You know, it helps us get and reach more people. And that's our goal, both for marketing purposes and we think it's this is a good service. We think we're, tr- we're trying to provide a good service. So you can also you can also browse, browse the podcast once you download them. You can browse them by topics, Chinese stock concerns, health savings accounts, treasury yields, interest rates, you know, different topics. So, independent thinking and shared success. This is the best talk, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis. 
and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 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 